Hi everyone, uh, welcome to our another episode of our Tech Talk. Um, today we are going to be talking about database. Database is such a fundament, fundamental topic in, in IT. Um, anything you want to do, any project, you would very likely come across databases. It is one of the essential things to know about. Even if you don't want to be a database expert, you should still have a foundational understanding of database, what it, do, what it can do, what kind of uh, things you can achieve with it, and at what, at what point of your project you might need to utilize the, the help of a database. So we thought that it would be a really good topic for us to cover. So, uh, let's let's just dive right in. Uh, yes, yes, Renat. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I think the introduction was good and um, it is quite relevant. And uh, even for people who just want to do hobby projects, I think managing data uh, is quite useful. And uh, I think people are already managing data um, in some way, which uh, they don't realize. And that's using Excel sheets or Google sheets. So people use Excel sheets quite a lot and it has data in it. It has rows, it has columns and they create tables in it and they can create graphs out of it. They can uh, do calculations. So suppose they put a value in a cell, they can then um, put another value in another cell and then ca calculate the sum or the count, etc. So people in essence are actually using database without even them realizing that they are actually uh, dealing with a database but then there is a fundamental difference why we have excel sheets and databases and that's what we are going to talk about so yeah i want to ask you what's your understanding yeah. from your experience yeah so for me as you know my uh, my experience in it is um you know a little bit limited um even le you know less than five years so um i have learned various um topics or aspects of IT, I've kind of self-taught myself or whenever I came across something, I kind of, you know, learned how to, how do you do it? So database is one of those things that I, I never had a formal course on, but I've come across it so often that I've kind of, you know, uh, built up some knowledge on database. But when, when I first came across database, I, I had no idea what I'm doing. And um, so I thought, okay, what is, you know, what, what does the name say? It's a, it's, a, it's a database. So obviously it has something to do with data. It's a, it's a storage system of data. Yes. And um, how do you store data? Now, if you want to store data, uh, you know, then you want to basically have a good way to address them so you can recall the data very easily so that that has to be a, that has to be a primary feature to have a database you have to be able to find the exact data you're looking for because you obviously have to store massive amounts of data how do you find the needle in a haystack in a very easy way or very quick efficient way that would be the that would be the defining characteristic of a database so i thought you know naturally whenever you want to store data, whether it be any kind of data, first of all, it has to be, there are various kinds of data. There are numbers, there are strings, there are images, there could be so many different varieties of data. So something that can handle all of these types and then can have an easy way or an efficient way to recall a specific set of data based on some rules or condition. So anything, you know, any system that allows you to do that, I would call that a database. It's For example, true. as you mentioned, yeah. yeah, as you mentioned, Excel, you know, in Excel, you can store various data points, um, you know, whether it be numbers, whether it be text, and it has a very easy to understand addressing system. It has a row and column value. With that row and column value, you can, you, you know, you can store any large number of data, but if you know the address, the column um, letter and row number, then you can easily get to exact pinpoint the exact cell number that you're looking for. So yeah, that in that way, um, Excel is a is a good good um, database in that way for for general uh, general use but then there are also specialized databases which are a lot more powerful and i'm sure we're gonna get into a little bit more in depth on on those but yeah i mean that's my understanding of database and uh, it's quite simplistic and i kind of built it up from my common sense but uh, yeah i think i think uh, i think that's that's a good uh, good way to understand database yeah, I think uh, you have covered uh, the most fundamentals of a database. 
it should mm-hmm. be uh, it should have data in it firstly <laughs> and then we should be able to uh, retrieve the data for whatever purposes we want so we always start with excel sheet whenever we want to do some calculations so the reason we store data in a structure is so that it's easy for us to read it easy for us to retrieve it and then perform some calculations on it so that's that's the reason but the database itself has data in it and data can be multiple types which again you covered uh, videos files audio files uh, text files uh, just rows and columns of uh, particular information etc so data itself is of different types and uh, i think it's important to understand the different types of data first before we actually understand why we have different databases because there are there is not one type of database there are multiple types of database including excel mm-hmm. sheets so uh in order for us to understand what a database is uh from uh from what i've read and what i've seen is uh, you have uh, structured data and uh, unstructured data and then you have semi structured data structured data is something right. that can be put into rows and columns each row is uh, um um having information for one particular uh, type so say uh, you have a school and school have lot of students and those students are in a classroom and they have particular subjects and they score marks in those subjects now i can have a table where i have the students against the classes i can have the students against the subjects i can have the subjects against the classes i can have students with the marks etc so i can have multiple relations of the same data mm-hmm. with multiple things in excel it's very difficult because you can either put class or uh, st- uh, student or student or subjects or s- subjects or marks you cannot put three so it's basically two dimensional yes and that's the problem so so when you have such a uh, type of data it's structured because we still have a structure so we know that we have will have uh, we'll have schools the schools will have students the students will have uh, uh, class classes to go to say first second third fourth uh and then they have subjects and they'll score marks so we already know the type of data so it's structured data and then we talk about uh unstructured data so suppose the content of an email how do you structure the content of an email you cannot categorize it you can just say it's subject uh, or say di- uh, body of a email but the content itself is unstructured you cannot put it in any you cannot define it a photo yes. a video how do you define a photo or a video and put <coughs> it in a database so that's unstructured data and finally we have semi structured semi structured is data about data or metadata right yeah so the unstructured content say in a email is the body of the email but the body of the email has a tag say body the subject of the email will have some content in it but it's called subject and then you have email address etc so you can still identify that it's an email based on who's the sender who's the receiver what's the subject what's the body so those are the different metadata and that's how you have so now you have all this data so i'll I, i'll ask you a question okay you told me that uh, we have a database excel sheets and etc so we can store two dimensional data maybe in we can even store three dimensional data but uh, excel normally goes for two dimensional data so from your basic knowledge how do you then extrapolate that same thing into three dimensions or four dimensions or multi dimensions for structured data so then we can talk about unstructured of course so i mean from what i understand is obviously when you move from two dimensional to three dimensional or multi dimensional data you have to have the relation of different yes items yes. very well defined yes so you could in in sql databases you have something called the key in each of the table yes so that yes. key could be matched with another table's key so that way those two tables are matched up together from one column which is the same in both of yes. them exactly so that's how you can that's how i could you could have a three dimensional and then you don't have there is no limit i mean you, you know you could have four dimensions five dimensions exactly. how 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 
you know, however many relations of each of the data points you have, and you can create various graphs and various insights, which are going to be, you know, not easy to easy to visualize in a, in a say, for example, 2D pie chart or a 2D bar graph. But, you know, you could have a, like a 3D uh, cubic uh, um, visualization of a data, which will give you a much more insight on how each of these data points are related. This is actually <laughs> very quickly going on to another topic, which I am also very interested about. It's called fuzzy logic. And, you know, that w it, there is a, you know, um, topic which kind of helps you understand and visualize data in a way that uh, that is more humane, like more, not humane, but more more human. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are there are many ways to sort of um, um, use and uh, use data uh, with some of the things that you said, like multidimensional data. So, yeah, I mean, whenever you have a number of, you know, a, more than one table, you know, more than just rows and columns, but then each column is related to another table's rows and stuff like that. That way you can have like a multidimensional data structure. I think you've nailed it. I think yes, that's why it's called relational database. So, right. uh, so relational information. So structured data uh, in Excel. The problem is you can have two dimensional data. You can have multi dimensions, but there is no way to relate them. So you can have class with subjects, class with student names, class subjects with marks, students with marks in different subjects. So you can have maybe two or three dimensions at the max. But uh, apart from that, uh, there is no other way. So in order for us to have multiple uh, options and multiple relations, um, it's important for us to define those relationships. And that's how we define. We pick up one column, which is common, say the student name. So the student name would be common for the class, the subject, the marks, the school, which the student belongs to. So that can be a fixed uh, key. Uh, in all the different tables and then using the student key we can actually get information about uh, their marks their uh, subjects the classroom and the school so exactly so that's why it's called a relational database so, so tell me one thing I mean this is something I kind of always wondered about yeah I mean we could we could you know be all fancy and have multi-dimensional data etc but what is stopping me to sort of make convert all of these different dimensions into a big table because there is always a relational key right so students with marks and then uh, marks with subjects you know so you have one table where so the key is to that table so see that as you're describing the problem you you can un you can see that it's difficult to do that in an excel sheet right uh, if if I have yeah, students I, in one column and then I put marks, then uh, and say I put classroom, but then how do I put subjects and how do I put uh, school name? Ah, right. So the school name is going to be same for say a lot of the students. students. Fifty students. Okay, but then, you know, even then, I could have like a really big table which has all the data. Yes, but the some table is made of a row and a column. That's it. So how do you ah, I see. all so, the things in the rows and columns? That's the challenge. So if you have multiple columns, why, why can't so, I have multiple? So, so the multiple columns, so say you have student name and then you mm -hmm. have subjects and then you have classrooms. But now I one student uh, can be, uh, uh, say, for one class and then you have 50 students, 20 are from one class, 20 are from different classes. And you can actually have data like that, but then there is no easy way to filter it out. This is just so you don't have to bring out all the data all the time. Because if you made a massive table with like, you know, 20 columns, then True. every time you query something, you have to, you know, have a lot of memory. True. And, you know, if, if a company like Facebook you know they will have a you know they will have a really massive yes you know agreed, number agreed. of columns yeah so that that was one reason that from, that i think that is the uh, i think the best reason from what i can imagine because you're right we can have different columns and each column can have different types of information about the same student and uh, then we can extrapolate it but i think it's easier to manage them but it's not just student records, right? So this is just one student with all the attributes related to that student. But now you have schools and you have schools with multiple students. How do you put that data? Maybe you can have a school name as a column and uh, then you can um, get the data for each school 
with the uh, children and the subjects and the marks but then again it's very simple so suppose you have other types of information and you want to combine those information and see how it uh, behaves so all that i think is more difficult to do in an excel than with a yeah. database and also another another reason i can think of is um how you know when we when we are gathering the data a lot yes. of the times we're not gathering all the t data at the same time you know we're probably when we're just gathering this uh, you know student marks in one school then we're just gathering that piece of data so if we create a massive table with 50 columns with school name subject and all of this then when we're gathering the data it would be difficult to sort of capture them because there's so many columns you know which might be empty yeah yeah which will remain empty and that's not really ideal, but you know you're taking up all the memory when you're doing that. Exactly. Uh, so, exactly. so yeah, there is uh, helpful. Uh, there is benefit in data capturing, benefit in data retrieving, benefit in data visualization. Because when you're visualizing, you're trying to find you know relation between two columns or yes. three columns. You're not trying to find relation between fifty columns. But you so have already you identified the relation when you have uh, identified the key. So when you identify yeah. the key, that's when you define the relation. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, say, for example, we want to see how, you know, if there is a relation between... <laughs> if, <laughs> if there is a relation between the height of the student and how good they are in maths. In that... <laughs> in that <laughs> you know, maybe they're... Yeah. there. So say, for example, then in that case... Yeah, so in that, uh, I mean, we could have one column with the student height and one column with their maths result. But if we have 50 columns with all of their other details the, that are not what we're trying to visualize now, what, you know, we, which are not relevant to what our current focused re research is all about, then we're kind of, you know, getting confused with all the other data, which is kind of distracting yes. so from you the... Can you can have one data just for subjects, one data just for uh, marks or subjects and marks and one data for classrooms, one data for school, one data for student names, etc. And that way it's easy to manage the data and easy to scale it up. And then you can combine the data later using the key. So if the student yeah. name is common for everything, then you just query the data what you need and then you combine it. But I think we, yeah. we, are, we are going too much in depth I think let's <laughs> let's again come back to structured data. So we know a data which has a structure, data which is unstructured and data which is semi-structured. So in order yeah. for us to have um, unstructured data, um, what are the challenges and how do we actually query unstructured data? So suppose you have videos and photos, how do you query videos and photos and how do you store them? So imagine if uh, uh, you have um, uh, YouTube, you have to run YouTube. So you have lots of videos uploaded by people. How do you actually store those videos? Do you store them in a relational database or do they use something else? That's a good point because a video has a lot of other related data Meta data as well, like how yes. many people commented, how many likes that it has and other analytics which are which are going in the background, like, you know, what is the topic and how many, you know, whether but, it will be suggested. But uh, Rina, that's just uh, after once the video is uploaded. So what happens before the video is uploaded? You still have data related to the video, like what is the codec, what is the resolution, uh, what is yes. the sound, how many frames per second, uh, when was it uh, published, who uploaded it, etc, etc. So those type of information is still there and that's a lot of data. And imagine so many um, like hours of video are uploaded every second on YouTube. So in order to store that and then retrieve it, so whenever you type something, it, it queries all the types of data and then sends it back to you. So, yeah. so that's a huge challenge. So how would they do something like that? Any ideas? No, no. I mean, this is uh, this is like such you know such a, a such a massive scale. It's happening that I have not actually come across that in my in my experiences. So normally, what we have seen, uh, they query, they query using uh, API. They call API and they say the REST APIs, and they query the data, and uh, they already have indexes. So you know how Google does. Um, so Google. Uh, web Google queries, uh, sorry, crawls the entire web. So after crawling the entire web, it uh, has a, a big database of uh, URLs. 
Now the thing is, it has to categorize all the URLs. So the URLs are related to shopping, URLs related to social media, URLs related mm-hmm. to maps, URLs related to travel, food, etc., etc., job sites. So it has to now classify all that, and then it has to create an index. So okay, I want to. So I am searching for say an actor, say Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise. So I search for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is an actor. So I want to give the information back to the customer as to okay, I am searching for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is an actor, so I have to look for only acting websites or websites where uh, the actor might have given interviews. So magazines. So I create an index of okay all acting websites. So I'll just search through that. So I have an index of okay acting websites, and I search only through that. I don't search the entire database. And right, that's where yeah. you have index. So database has indexes. So when you have large amounts of data, you create an index. Okay. So like uh, like in a book, you have an index. Okay. If this is the word, which page it is? If that is the word, which page does it belong to, or which chapter? So you can quickly go to that word exactly in the book, and that's where indexes are helpful. And similarly, you have indexes for database. So when you have a database with millions and billions of rows, you need to have an index to easily search the data. Uh, and yes. I'm guessing this is what would happen for YouTube, Facebook, and other things. Uh, now, Facebook is again very interesting because uh, how do you uh, store data for um, for uh, uh, people? People liking comments, people liking uh, people putting a comment, liking, disliking, unfollowing, following, etc. On Facebook. Now, imagine the different kind of relationships, right? So, so suppose. I have a Facebook profile on Facebook, and my whole thing, like my name, my address, my date of birth, my profile picture, is in one, uh, say, um, a cell, for example. Yeah. And then you have your profile uh, with your name, date of birth, etc., address, and then you have mm-hmm. another cell. And now my profile likes something that you post, and my profile on your profile likes something that I post. And we have to capture that relation. Now imagine yes. you have twenty friends, I have twenty friends, and those twenty friends, whom who are your friends, because you have liked my post, can see my post in your feed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, how do you manage all that? So that's where graph databases come. Right. Okay. So graph databases have node. So I am a node, you are a node, and there are multiple huh? nodes. And then right. there are relationships between the nodes, friends of friends, followers, first line followers, second line followers. In LinkedIn, you have first line, second line, third line. Yes. People you are connected to directly. People you are connected to directly, indirectly through someone else, or indirectly through someone else and someone else. And that's where you have nodes, and then you have the connections, and that's where graph that databases so come in. That is that is very interesting. Yeah, I I actually want to know more about this uh, graph. Um, I mean, you know, in principle, this is what it is, right? If Facebook has to store uh-huh. all this information and then try to figure out how to manage who has liked what, who has commented what, when have they liked it, what have they liked, and then the relationship between each person, they have to come up with something new. They cannot have something in a table with rows and columns. Yeah, yeah, that would be too difficult to it's manage. It's too difficult. So that's this is again a part of unstructured data. You can say it's a structured data, but it's something that you cannot query like a normal database. So, yeah. so we we have talked about data. We have talked about a database which stores data, and the reason we have mm-hmm. database and not Excel is because uh, you can uh, have multiple relationships and you can uh, scale different types of information in it have multiple tables columns fields and then you can query them but uh, we have unstructured data which you cannot query like just like that you will have to have something else to query uh, etc uh, and then we also have something which we can store in a flat file so have you heard of csv of course, yes. CSV <laughs> is the comma separated uh, value, right? Values. So yeah. and and th- there are basically different types of uh, files which are flat called flat files. Flat files are very simple. They just have rows and columns uh, with a heading. That's it. It's it's nothing else. It's a simple text file. But mm. each row 
uh, has uh, information uh, separated by a comma and every line is a new row again separated by a comma so that's a uh -huh. csv but instead of a comma you can use a tab so it becomes tab yeah. separated value tsv you can use a space yeah. you can use a colon you can yeah. use a hyphen etc so anything that you separate it becomes that so but the most popular is comma so you mm -hmm. separate the file so now imagine you can actually store the data in a simple text file you don't even need excel yeah so that's yeah. that's flat file flat file database right right okay so cool. this is again I mean, very interesting I've dealt with the CSV so many times, but I never knew that it's called flat file. It's <laughs> it's, it's called a flat file, and it's one of the flat files. Mm, so right. like CSV, TSV, and there are other delimiters which limit, which say, okay, this is the end of one type of data, and this is the beginning of the other type of data. And this right, is the end of right. one line, this is the uh, beginning of another line. And that's how you separate uh, the values. And you can store it in a text file. And databases that way is uh, very, uh, it's it's quite lightweight, flexible. But one thing that we have not covered is SQL. Every time we talk about a database, we come up with SQL. What is SQL? <laughs> Why yeah. is SQL? Do you Absolutely. know what is yeah, SQL? I, mean, I, I, I have been using SQL for, for, for in my last few projects and I've, you know, kind of came to learn SQL just by using it, not, not through any course. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I've seen how powerful it can be. You know, you could have like multiple dimensional data, you know, related with keys. And then you can have stored procedures, which will generate tables based on the conditions that you put in. So, yeah, it has it has it is very powerful and it has a lot of features that that you need to learn. So you could actually like have a full time career just by being a SQL database expert. But if you don't want to do that, you still can have like, you know, basic understanding to sort of get, you know, get your way around uh, SQL databases. And I think um, that's one of the most popular databases, isn't it? And it's, it's um, free to use. Uh, it was provided by Microsoft, I think. No, um, so, so hang on, hang on. So oh, here, right, here, okay. here's the confusion. So SQL is a database. It's, it's actually not a database, it's a language. It's like a programming right. language. Okay. So the full form of SQL is structured query language. SQL. In short, instead of saying SQL, we say SQL. Okay. Mm -hmm. Structured query language. So it's a language to query structured data. That's what it is. Okay. And a structured data is stored in mostly relational databases. So mostly it's used to query um, relational databases. Um, and here you have different uh, vendors. So you have mm -hmm. Oracle, Oracle, um, and then you have uh, MySQL, <coughs> Oracle databases, which are private, Microsoft uh, MS SQL, so Microsoft SQL databases. Then you have ah. MySQL, so which is open source. Then you have Postgres SQL. So this is again open source. It is a fork of right. MySQL. So MySQL got acquired by uh, Oracle. So the open source community, the, the one of the founders of MySQL thought, okay, because it's now going to become private, let me source the file, fork the file from it, and then create a new branch, and then create my own new. So that became uh, MariaDB. Oh, right, okay. I, I yeah. have so, all of So you have uh, MariaDB, you have PostgreSQL, you have Microsoft SQL, you have Oracle SQL or MySQL. Um, so yeah, so you have different types of uh, database from different types of vendors and what they do is they provide you a database management system DBMS How do you manage your data? So you can create your database, right? You can create it in an Excel or a CSV or in one of using one of these tools But you still need to use a tool to do it and that's where these systems come So what we are using in our current project is Microsoft SQL database Right. Okay. So here's a question. I mean, if I create a database, so yes. there is a, if I create a database, there is a database file, right? Which yes. contains yes. all the data. Yes. Now, can that database file be then queried by a different tool? Like you so mentioned. Here, here, here is the thing. If it is uh, open source and it has standardized, I mean, let's, let's, okay, let's forget about open source. If it is a data in a particular format, 
when you export it, then of course you can import it into another database and then query it. Challenge is most of the database when you export it, it uh, exports it in their proprietary format. Ah, okay. If you can export it using some database, I'm not aware of, I've not used database to that extent. But if you can export it to a format which is compatible with uh, other database management systems, so it's like right. saying PDF, can I open PDF in Word or do I need Acrobat Reader or can I open PDF in some other tool? So similarly, the database, when you export it, it will have the tables, it will have the columns with the rows, your stored procedure, etc. And if you want to use that in a different system, then that different system should be able to read that file. Yes. If if you create a file that is not being able to, uh, that uh, the other system cannot read, then of course you can't open it, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering, that is it like, you know, all of these providers, are they like kind of, you know, keeping their proprietary format or they, is it? They are not. So they will have their own proprietary stuff. They're not as friendly as... Yes. But importing data, importing data is easy. Exporting and then opening it in a different format is difficult. But importing, I think every uh, provider provides the simple option of importing data using CSVs, flat files, or right, Excel, okay. Excel. So if you have data in rows and columns and you want to quickly upload them rather than typing everything, you can use those files and then store it as a table in your database. And then you can modify everything. Right, okay, okay. Plus the other thing, I think, uh, so database management system allows you to manage the data, but when you talk about managing data, what does it mean? Managing, giving access to different people. The same ah, data. Ah, of course, yeah. How do you, how do you uh, structure it? How do you make it more secure? How do you scale the data? How do you make sure that uh, the backup is taken? So you need to have a system in place and that's where this DBMS or database management system come in place. Okay, and this is also another reason what we were talking about earlier. This is another reason to have, you can't, that, that's one of the reasons why you can't just have one massive Big table. Excel sheet. You give, <laughs> yeah, you need to give access to particular data to particular, exactly. you know, specialists. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. So, so, so and, and the way you do it is you uh, provide user permissions. So you will create different users who have different levels of privileges. Some can read data, some can write data, some can create data. Some can, uh, so when you say write, it's update. Create is creating something new and then delete. So I'm just deleting a row of data, a table itself, or just the entire database. So you yeah. need to have different privileges. Um, and yeah. then um, then that comes up with uh, managing user permissions and roles and etc. So you need to first authenticate a user, whether he should be able to come and have access to the data and then you need to provide what kind of authorization the user has. So what kind of privileges does the user have? So suppose I have authentic I have authenticated to access the database, but I only have read access and you have authenticated the database, but you have create access. So you can create data. You can read, right, create right. and update. So you have more uh, authorizations or more privileges than me. So that's one thing. The other thing is taking backups. So in Excel sheet, um, you you will have to copy one file to another file and then uh, taking worrying about it. But here you can just take a snapshot. So people in the DBMS world, they say taking a snapshot in time. So you take a snapshot at a particular date and time and you store it. And a lot of times what happens is people take a snapshot and that's how they replace the data. The entire database is replaced with a single snapshot. So you take the snapshot of the most right. stable version every single day at a particular time and you store it. Mm -hmm. And in case something breaks or something happens, you can restore the data. Right, okay, okay. So yeah. when databases uh... get hacked, you, you, you have to think, okay, how would they restore data if someone corrupts it, someone breaks it? They should have a backup somewhere where, or if, if there is a calamity, earthquake comes, flood comes, the data center is flooded, all the data is gone. If they have a backup, then they can restore the data at least to the latest uh, possible uh, time period and that's why right of course that's yeah. why a lot of people prefer to store it in the cloud and across multiple data centers okay now that yeah that makes a lot of sense now yeah so so that's that's just uh, the the 
aspect of this. The other thing is scalability. So as the databases grow, so you'll have more tables, you'll have more columns, you'll have more types of data coming into your system as your system evolves. So then querying that data um, from the database will again become a, a big challenge. So then how do you uh, manage that? And that's where DBMS comes. Right, okay, okay. So how do you manage it then? I mean, you you have to start scaling up the query. So uh, you you will have to do uh, create better indexes uh, and make better queries. So the right, stored right. procedures that you were talking, the stored procedure is nothing but the language to query, right? Because um, yeah. So I think we didn't talk much about SQL structured mm -hmm. query language. So it allows you to query the structured data. But how does it allow you? So you use statements like select. Um, marks from table table name marks student marks okay so select right, that particular yeah. column the column is nothing but the field name from this table where the student name is Renat. so I will yeah. select your marks from a table understood so th this is this is what the statement is telling yeah, you. Yeah. and this exactly. query language is actually very uh, common and uh, people if you think about it it's sql is very common in jira if have you used jira before i have yeah yeah it's jira a, has its CMS. own query language called jql aha uh -huh, okay it is nothing but sql you select right. something from a table or a column or a row or a uh, issue type so in, right, in right, jira yeah. everything is issue uh, yeah i have many queries in jira, yeah <laughs> So, so if okay, I didn't know that was a language. I just thought, okay, I, let me. I need this. This. <laughs> so this is this is good because you know the languages are actually not too difficult. It's got quite like um, very simple. Yes, human, human uh, languages because exactly. you can kind of. It's like an English English sentence exactly. mostly. So so it makes very easy to query the data from a database. So Jira has lots of issues with different issue types. Now you want mm. to have query a particular issue with a particular issue type which is most recent updated by this user etc so you use the query language but jira what it does is it gives you without using the language it asks you to use a filter okay right, select okay. this filter so in this filter if you select if you check these boxes like in excel so you have filters right so if you select those particular um, things then you will get the uh, that data so but jira you can do advanced search and that actually uses Jira query language. And this query right. language is actually quite popular and it's across multiple systems. Jira is one example where you use query language. Uh, databases are one where you use query languages. And then there are other systems uh, which I which I'll, will mention in the description where you can use a query language to query the data. But now, right. now there are some database where you don't use a query language. So they are called NoSQL database. Okay. How do they, how do you query in the, how do you retrieve data, particular data? So, in, so, in so first we need to understand the, in the structured data, we, before we create the data, we define the data, right? So uh, yeah. like you, you are a UiPath expert. Okay. So before mm -hmm. you create your robot, you tell what to expect, whether it's an integer, whether it's a character, whether it's a variable yes. character with integers and characters, whether it's a decimal, etc. So you define what character and then you also define what is the length of that field so that yes. you cannot have anything random in that particular thing. So you have validation, right? So you create schemas. So normally in any uh, database, you will have to first create a schema. So what do you expect in the table? You first define mm -hmm. that. So that's a schema. No SQL is nothing but a no schema. I don't want to define the schema because the data is coming with so many different attributes that I don't know a standard way to define the schema. I don't know what to expect okay. from the data I get. So I cannot define it in advance. And because I can't define it in advance, I cannot use the traditional database because traditional database means you have to first define the schema, then create the table and then put the values. Right, right, okay. And in the but then how would I retrieve it? It takes, okay, it, some, it will take in all the data, but how do I, when I want so particular query, data back? And the query part is, um, again, you can use uh, calls. So there are queries, but it's different from the SQL queries. 
right not okay. exactly sure how do you retrieve the data but one of the most popular no sql databases mongodb um it is one of the most popular and uh, that uh, takes care of this but in no sql there are different ways you can store the data you can store it as a json object so oh, okay we were doing a recent project we'll not get into too much detail but you had to interact with a json object and that json object yeah. had say um, order details okay say you go to a restaurant and you have all the order details what is the uh, what is the starter what is the main what is the dessert how many people have ordered yeah. and what is the price <coughs> of each item right and if they have any uh, allergies and uh, are they any vegetarian meat eaters vegan etc so all that information yeah. is in one json object and that you get back now imagine you have different types of json objects and you can then query those json objects so that's one way of storing the no sql data the other way is keys and uh, key and values so suppose you have um, city um, map map information um, so you will have sorry address address information you have names uh, city names you have country names and you have postcodes so you can store okay all the all the all the cities will be stored under city all the countries will be stored under country and all the things will be stored under this so there are key value databases but this this is you define as it comes you don't define and then there is something which is called wide wide column i think yeah wide database okay. i'm not sure exact the exact name but that is the most interesting it is you have like a uh, rows and columns but now each row can have different columns number of columns so say column oh, right. a, uh, row a has 10 columns but row b has 5 columns and row c has 15 columns okay so so, so, so i mean so you, st not, you store the I mean, data don't uh, don't ask me i mean this is this is what i know <laughs> from what i've read uh, that you can actually um, store data in this way as also and it is actually quite interesting right you can have one row yeah. with five columns one row with 10 columns and one row with 15 columns in the same table okay <laughs> it and just seems like graphs where you have the nodes and the connections right right okay okay so it's it's massive i mean i i can see from your face that it's too much <laughs> no, no yeah, i was just thinking that you know it would be like you know as simple as just you know the table becoming just bigger to accommodate the row with the biggest column i mean it would just be you know but whichever row becomes very difficult to query right and it's difficult when uh, you have massive amounts of uh, information so imagine if facebook has to track for 1 billion users each like and each like posted by each individual and then show that like across all their friend list and yes, also track yeah. the friends like and show it across to their friends and you have to track all that information and store it so you can retrieve it and display it for anyone so whenever you access facebook you get the most up to date information no matter right. where you have liked the post <laughs> and and that's yeah, the challenge that part is, it's very interesting and mind boggling you know the scale is what makes it makes it you know so powerful because Yeah I mean you can easily store some data in an excel file or even csv but when when it get goes to billions of data points which can easily happen you know with the company, it does happen it doesn't now, especially with the internet Yeah yeah I mean with internet it, it, even a moderate sized business could have billions of data points like facebook is obviously everyone knows but I mean there are other like airbnb or even uber linkedin you know all of social networks yeah. have very complex uh, connections Yeah yeah and even like even you know if you think about something like even a smaller company i can't think of one at, you know off the top of my head but you know if, even like say for example any small company even also have to have like you know if they have like a 10000 of user base you know that 10000 user base will have maybe you know 50 data points and then that just very quickly um exponentially grows you know into you know into a million data points yes. because you know So yeah I mean the the power comes when you know when the question is to deal with a massive amount of data and um, you know you also want to visualize it you want want to do analytics because you know one of the main things to get out of data is to be able to make informed decisions exactly. to find yeah. out yes. find yeah. out in you know relations between those data which are not very um 
you know easy to see or you know which you wouldn't think of very easily i mean one of, i think one of the one of the ex- um, um examples i can think of is uh, out of your research it was found out that um people who i mean this is this i mean nowadays 95% people use chrome already yes but even yes. I, even like a like maybe a decade ago in in 2005 or 2010 at that time internet explorer was still there you know had a bit of market share maybe i don't know 20 to 30% or something but it was found out that people who use used chrome were kind of more successful or takes more initiative in life and that kind of thing and you know the, the now if you now you know this could seem like a very bizarre relation, relation like yes, well, how yes. could how could it be that you, whichever application you use has any relation to what kind of person you are in life that's that's just like very bi- but you know knowing that data knowing that insight now if you go and download chrome that's not going to change your personality straight away so this is why it's it's important to know what's the causation and what's the correlation between these two data points mm. and what was the what was found out is the reason is that when chrome first came out people who actually took the initiative and went on to look at, when went on looking for a better alternative and then downloaded chrome that's why this relation exists that people who actually took the initiative always looked for newer technologies and then adopted to a better technology that's why those people have this character trait you know if you now you know think oh no i'm going to use chrome from chrome. now <laughs> yeah that's not going to you know change this correlation so this is why it's important i mean another interesting correlation is um most of the nobel prize winners have like dark chocolates or have more dark chocolates now this is all, again a very bizarre relation but you have to also find out i mean with databases helps us correlate all of this data and find out what the actual reason is the actual reason is a lot of nobel prize winners are from switzerland and dark chocolate is a very you know um popular thing to have in switzerland so okay. if it, it's not in any way related you know it, it you're not going to win a nobel prize if you start having the dark chocolate but um it's 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 important to understand the correlation and causation and these kind of things these kind of revelations can be possible if you can manage large sets of data that way you can if you manage and visualize these data then a lot of things become clear which isn't clear otherwise another i mean i could go on actually yeah, go on, <laughs> i'll go just on. Give I'll me, go on give, with give the last example. example yeah so um there is um you know a direct you know like um uh, it was found out that when the ice cream sales increase the rate of crime also increase so okay you know if if you have if if the sale of ice cream is increased the rate of crime or you know assault and that kind of crime is increased now you know in that that is a bizarre relationship it, but that is yeah, a statistical it, fact but why is it a, why is this a statistical fact it doesn't mean that selling of ice cream or people buying more ice cream is making them more aggressive no it's just that it happens to be both of the th- both of these things happen in summer yes. in summer the yeah. weather is hot people become more hot headed become more aggressive so they're uh-huh. more likely uh-huh. to do something aggressive okay but at okay. a completely unrelated way because it's summer people also buy more ice cream yes so it's it, it's there is no causation in here but <laughs> it is correlated statistically so how would you come to this i mean if you just had these two data points you would be like oh my god you know we need to stop all the ice cream sales but that's not the case and you know you could only come to this insight through the visualization or through the insight of large amount of data with different columns exactly so this is why database is so important to to but uh, i think what we covered is a database and we need to understand the application <laughs> yeah the application of database sorry we kind of went and and, off track uh, and, right. and you're right without the analytics uh, that data is basically meaningless uh, if yeah. you're not uh, trying to use the data 
um, in a meaningful way, then what's the point of storing all the data and categorizing it and then uh, providing read-write permissions and then trying to take a backup? What's the point? There is no point. Yes. But there are applications where you actually need to do all that. And yes, analytics is one major aspect. So uh, one of the main applications for databases is for storage of information. A uh, lot of websites have a lot of information and they have similar types of information, say a product catalog for a website that sells lots of products, say Amazon. Amazon sells a lot yeah. of items and they want to have a product catalog. So rather than creating an HTML page with all the products on each page and then displaying it, it stores a database based on what the user wants to search. It then has a stored procedure as you may mm -hmm. call or whatever query it has already created. And then based on the user input, it will retrieve the data from the database and then display it in the format to the user. So, so that's one yeah. application. So rather than managing all the data in the HTML page, you manage the data in the backend system. So that's why it's part mostly part of the backend system. Another application is analytics, as you rightly mentioned. So I have lots and lots of data. I want mm -hmm. to analyze that data. Um, so I first have the data in the raw format, just rows, fields and columns. Then I have some stored procedure, which adds some intelligence. So I want now using the stored procedure, I have all the data, but there is no connection. So I made the connection using the query language. And then I have say out of 1 million rows, I have now 10,000 rows, which are in the, um, with the rows and columns that I want to visualize it in. I retrieve that data and then I visualize it. So data warehouses are very powerful in that aspect. So you have lots and lots of data uh, and then you categorize them or you have filters already or predefined tables or custom tables, not predefined, custom. So you have modified all the rows and columns. Uh, sorry, you have all the data and then you have some uh, customized uh, queries and then you get the data and then you visualize the data. And because you have already queried it, you don't have to query the database, categorize it and then display it because you already have the query ready. The data is available. So you just use that. So it is fast querying. It's like cache. Right, so, right, so right. Okay. In, in caching, what happens is you try to retrieve the data, but if the data has already been retrieved, you go first to the cache and then you uh, go to the main uh, server to retrieve the data. So similarly, you right. will have already a query that you have already created, which has got the table. And now you just use the table rather than querying the database again, writing the query, etc. So you write predefined queries. So think of it like this. If a company like Vodafone wants to sell a lot of mobile plans, SIM plans, SIM only plans, Mm -hmm. And they every every uh, month or every quarter they come up with new plans. But how do they come up with new plans? And how do they make sure that those plans will sell? So they mm -hmm. need to do some analytics on what plans are currently being sold, how people are using those plans, how people are spending using the our network, where people are actually spending more money. So all that analytics has to be done. And that you cannot do without big data warehouses, which already says, okay, this is the plan. These are the customers. This is how the bills are uh, produced. This is how much data they consume. This is how many calls, SMSs they send, etc., etc. And they can then say, okay, we will create a plan because based on this data, we can see this is how people are using our services. So if we create this plan, we are assuming that people will still continue to use those services, but we can charge them a bit more or less. Right. If right, we charge right. less, then more customers will join us. If we charge more, we'll get more revenue, but some customers will leave us. <clears throat> so, so that's one aspect. The other is, um, I mean, just prediction. Mm -hmm. So, oh yes. So we don't think about we we normally talk about technology from an IT perspective, but think about all the scientific database, weather monitoring earth monitoring, mm -hmm. remote sensing, yes. they are collecting temperature, pressure, humidity information every second at every mm -hmm. uh, possible location in the world. And they are mm -hmm. combining all that information and then making a prediction as to what the weather will be like tomorrow. So imagine how much, how much data they will be generating <laughs> over a period of a single yes. day. And then how much data do they need in order to make an accurate prediction? 
even st even now they cannot make any prediction accurately i mean that that's the challenge forecasting so, is is a big it's a, it's a big thing forecasting yeah. <laughs> and and lot of uh, databases and analytics is actually to make predictions what mm -hmm. will customer buy what will the users like more what what should i sell them more so yeah. and and uh, and a lot of analytics like google ads and other analytics what are people actually oh, yes. clicking what are people actually downloading what are people actually searching for that information yeah. is very powerful and that's why mm -hmm. you have this uh, uh, privacy of data what i search what i uh, type what i uh, look for is my information and it should be private i don't want the whole world to know that i'm searching for a toothbrush yeah yeah or a particular brand of toothpaste because then they can target me with an ad for that toothpaste so data privacy yeah. so so you have data privacy data storage lots of yeah data security all these aspects come i mean of course everything yeah. is related to the database itself where the data is stored so anywhere where a data is stored we call it as a database yeah 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 no i mean i think we covered a lot of uh, a lot of aspect of of database um anything else you want to add at the end future what the future mm. looks like for databases and where the technology is heading automation i mean you work in uipath robots right <laughs> and your your robots interact with databases and they can do it which a normal human doesn't have to right so you have to query yeah. a database repeatedly so you create a robot and it does the work for you now imagine in the future where you don't need these database managers mm -hmm. all the administrative work you can actually automate so there is this concept of self driving database absolutely and there could be another aspect in in future as well with the integration of ai because right now you have to look at look for correlations you know yes. you have to look at different data points and visualize and find out oh is this related to that or not but that could be quite cumbersome and you might not see and something but an exactly. ai could be designed to pinpoint and identify where there is correlation that we never even thought of maybe something very unrelated but with that you can kind of come to an actual statistically significant decision making absolutely so, yeah so it could it could go so many ways in in future definitely it, i mean uh, if you look at machine learning most of them are being driven by large data sets right absolutely yeah so so, yeah. so ai can actually uh, look as you rightly said correlate what we humans might miss and then come out with some inference that might be very insightful that humans would yes, have never thought yes. of because we cannot analyze that big much information absolutely absolutely and yeah so future is is a very yeah a, you know a, i definitely will watch this space and you know how data sort of evolves and management of data kind of helps us as humans to progress one other thing i want to add as well i mean obviously database might seem like an ancient topic i mean we've been dealing with databases as long as there were computers but what i want to emphasize is that you know in in recent days data science has become a very um you know powerful thing to, to you know a skill to have um data science uh, and big data so a, a, a machine learning as you mentioned artificial intelligence also relies on you know being trained on on a on a massive large amount of data and then also utilize a, a large uh, again a large database of um data to sort of operate it as well yes. so yes. what i want to basically emphasize on that even though database might sound like a old topic and you know you might want to move on to database you know data science or big data ai but we have to remember that we we need we always need to manage all of this data index and store all of these data in a meaningful way so it's easily retrievable and really you know it, it so it's usable in however way you want to so database is was important yesterday is very important today and will remain important to support all the future technologies that we're going to build and create so it is definitely something to you know um definitely something to uh learn about and at least have a you know basic understanding so you can 
You can yes. do all the other crazy and cool things um, when you have the knowledge of database management. I think yes, you have you have nailed it. Yes, because uh, <laughs> databases are key for everything. They have evolved, but they are still relevant. So from uh, normal yes. relational databases, we have now gone to NoSQL databases, graph databases, etc. But there is still a database. We are creating Absolutely. so much data that it's uh, very easy to now make predictions about our behavior, yes. shopping behavior, you, uh, watching behavior, viewing behavior, etc. So yes, databases will always rela uh, remain relevant. So it's actually important to understand the fundamentals. I think most of the topics that we have covered, what we have covered is the fundamentals, like, okay, what it is actually doing. Once we know what is the, what is the need of something, then we can identify tools to play with. So it doesn't matter what database you use, yeah. it matters that you know what a database is, then you can use any tool in the world you want. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. So uh, yeah, this has been a good talk. I've uh, you know it was it, I've learned a lot and uh, also enjoyed talking about all the things that I know. So I don't have anything else to add to this topic. Same here, Renat. Uh, I think it was quite insightful to talk because I think the, when you explain a concept and when you are trying to articulate it to someone, you actually learn more in the process. Mm -hmm. Or talking to you, yes, I've also learned a bit today. And I hope uh, the people who are uh, either watching this video or listening to us on a podcast have actually gained some knowledge about what databases are, why we need them, etc. And uh, yeah, please uh, do like, share and subscribe to our channel and uh, post your comments about what you like, topics uh, that you want us to cover. And uh, if uh, anyone wants to come as a guest on our show, please let us know. Um, we always provide our contact information in the description. So please feel free to contact us and uh, let us know. So thank you so much again for watching and listening. Great. Thanks, guys.